All in preparation for the challenges that lie ahead. This is a show that feeds the mind with inspiration and truth on the issues of the day. If it's important to your life, you'll find it here. Hosted by Malcolm Out Loud. We are back here with Harry S. Dent Jr., again, author, economist, truthsayer. Harry Dent is author of The Demographic Cliff, How to Survive and Prosper During the Great Deflation Ahead. And I want to tell you, in all the times we've talked, Harry and I have over the years on, on radio and, and on the television show as well, um, he's been he, he's been pretty steady in his prediction of that the world, uh, there's some uh, real uh, challenges that we're going to be facing ahead of time here. Uh, you know, And I think the, the magic is, as we look right now, probably over the next five years, some interesting things that are going to happen. And so probably, Harry, I'm going to guess, probably lay some of that out on the demographic cliff. Is that that book, Harry, that you got out there uh, with the demographic cliff, is, is that where you get into some of that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, we look at long-term cycles and how there's a convergence of four cycles, especially between mid-2014 and early 2020, but even extending out to about late 2022, that, that, that we're going to go into a world crisis financial crisis like we did in the mid-70s, like we did in the early 30s in the Great Depression. This is not a normal recession or stock correction or thing. It, it, it's a major reset. It, it's a, it's a, a generation peaking in their spending until the next one comes along. There's huge debt imbalances and political imbalances and, and benefits that have been promised to people that have no chance of being paid. We're going to have to go through a great reset. So it's going to be a painful period and all this political, you know, let's just keep printing trillions of dollars and giving away money for free to hopefully keep the banks standing up and people feeling better is only making it worse. We've added $55 trillion since the great financial crisis to debt in the world. And we added $57 trillion in the bubble before it. I mean, we, you know, we've done the same thing again. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a very challenging time and we're coming up on elections and, and boy this is well, going to be a a, as you and i've said over the years elections have consequences harry they have consequences you know and people have to realize that listen i want to i want to follow through on what i promised folks i call this the crystal ball interview because i'm going to ask you to do a little forecasting for me a little bit of prediction let's uh, let's have a little serious fun if we can call it that please and uh, talk to me a moment here. You know, you know the po policies and the politics and some of the, uh, you know, uh, uh, economic points of uh, both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Now we know we have two candidates in the race. So what I want to ask you is this. I don't want to ask you so much who's going to win right now. What I, I do want to ask you this. Let's start here. What do you predict for our economy? Now, just take a moment and think of this, Harry. What what happens to the to the economy in the United States if Donald Trump becomes president? And then I want to talk to you about Hillary Clinton after that. But let's stay on Trump first. Let's say Trump takes the White House. What does it all look like next year into 2017 moving forward? What does it do for us? Tell me. Well, first of all, it'll be a difficult thing for world trade because he's He's somebody, and this happened in the Great Depression. All everybody did was raise tariffs on each other, and it seems like the right thing to do for any individual country, but when everybody does it, all it does is restrict trade. So Donald's going to go blame the Chinese for this and the so-and-so for this and the Japanese for that, and, and it's just going to create tensions which are already rising 
between major countries and it's only going to work against trade. Now, um, by the way, I don't care who gets elected. We're going to have a difficult economy in the next several years, regardless, because the fundamental trends are so difficult. But it, but different presidents will react to it differently. And, and just as he's created uh, a high amount of interest and, and PR uh, in, with his approach, he's going to create, but also divisiveness, he's only, only going to add to that on the world. Right, Harry, let me ask you this. I hear what you're saying about the trade. One of the concerns that people are speaking about in the political circles are the trade wars. You're 100% right. And I hear what you're saying now. I, I didn't quite get it till you just put it in the terms of what you did, that these trade wars would come at a wrong time because they would create panic and fear in a lot of ways and it would become an upsman game of yeah. every country back and forth. And all this will add to the Brexit and add to other problems. It could create some real uh, chaos, if you will. But let me ask you this. I want to take that further with you and say, but Trump, again, if you look at like how he's running for president, he seems to do more with less. Now, you know, when it comes to real conservative values, the whole principle, Harry, is supposed to be to do more with less. Supposed yeah. to be, I say, and I preface supposed to be. But but Trump does that. He has like like far less people in the campaign than like a, a Democrat would in that case. He runs a very tighter ship, less money, uh, which are real interesting, uh, you know, conservative values. Isn't that a good thing for the country? Yeah, what what I see is the biggest positive of a Trump, and and I think we really need a, a Margaret Thatcher or Winston Churchill right Amen. now. But Amen. A, a little more, say, integrity and saneness, but you do need somebody decisive. This is not a time, you're not going to be able to please everybody when all of a sudden we realize people can't retire at 63 anymore, they're going to have to retire at 75, and yes, the Chinese are cheating and all the, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many issues out there. You have to be decisive. I mean, I learned this early on. I was consulting to new ventures uh, early on in my career. And a number of those ventures, I'd go in there and do the analysis and find out, hey, you're in trouble. And I'd have to come in and turn around the, the, the company. And you have to make some really hard, fast decisions. So you're going to get more that sort of thing with a Trump than you're going to get. Hillary Clinton's going to be the establishment. Well, let's talk everything out. Let's do this. And let's not harm anybody. And we don't want to cut Social Security at all. And we don't want to do this and that. That's not going to cut it. Somebody's going to have to make some hard decisions. And, uh, you know, that's, cert that, that's probably the, the strongest point on Trump's side of the... Uh, okay. Uh, all right. So there's good and bad in both of that. Now, let's take it forward to Hillary Clinton. You already started with what you just said, uh, you know, sort of the status quo, which is sort of where we're at now. In fact, Harry, if you look at the last eight years of the Obama presidency, we've had such stagnant growth economically. Uh, historically, I mean, we're not growing at all right now. I mean, we're just limping along, are we not? We're limping along, but, but we predicted that demographically, regardless of who would be president. And the debt, it was under Alan Greenspan and George W. Bush that our government and our private debt, which is much larger, basically, you know, we went from 10 to 42 
trillion dollars in debt in eight years. But, but wait a minute. And that, is, that has hampered down the But country. wait a minute, Harry. But, but certainly Bush was, uh, yeah, listen, listen, certainly he was, uh, you know, he was sort of the guy, like you went to the doctors and he told you you had a problem and you had to start changing your life to do these things right because you were going down the wrong road. And But then, you know, as a patient, the, the, the patient didn't listen. They kept doing more wrong. And not only did they do more wrong, Harry, but now they even not, they didn't listen to the doctor and they did twice as much wrong. That would be the case of electing a Barack Obama because he became so stagnant for everything that we've done. He upped the ante of everything Bush did uh, by tenfold. Am I wrong or am, am I right? I'd say they pretty much did the same thing. He, he uh, Bush under Bush, they increased the Medicare uh, benefits sub- very substantially, uh, and then Obamacare. Com- Obama comes in with Obamacare when we can't even afford the benefits, not even remotely afford the benefits that have been promised. I hate to say it. I mean, Republicans talk more hard on this stuff, but when it comes down to it, right. they tend to do the same thing because politicians are rewarded for giving people benefits now and worrying about who's going to pay for it later. That's this it. is true That's around it, the world. All parties. Yeah, the Republicans talk a better game, but but they don't. They often don't uh, do it. I mean, Thatcher did when when we went in a difficult time in the early '80s. Thatcher cut costs and told Britain, "We got to tough through this instead of taking the easy right. way out." Right, yeah. um, Reagan um, reduced regulations and, and deregulated a lot of stuff for good, decentralized. I mean. Those are the right type of things to do. Nobody's done the right thing since Bill Clinton took us off a of Glass-Steagall and allowed the banks to collude and create a great bubble again. That's why they passed Glass-Steagall in the first place after the Great Depression, because we had a similar situations of banks colluding and getting in too many businesses and leveraging up too much. And, and then he just says, oh, what do we need this law for? So, so Harry, so, so, so here we go. Now, take everything you just said. If... Hillary Clinton is the next president of the White House. What does it look like in the next few years? How, what, what, what do we look like? Well, it's going to be less volatile than, than if Trump gets in on global things. But she's going to try to please everybody and negotiate. And there's not going to be time for that. And, and, and she's not going to get reelected. That'd be my first prediction. I, I, don't, I think it's unlikely unless a, unless a president does two things. And Trump has switched more. He started off saying, I'm going to be the greatest job creator ever. Now he's saying Wall Street's in a huge bubble. Much better to walk in saying Wall Street is in a huge bubble because it is. And we got, it, and we got way too much debt and we got to fix it and be a tough person like Margaret Thatcher than to walk in and say, I'm going to create four million jobs. That's what Mitt Romney said. I mean, uh, that was the stupidest thing I ever heard. That in, even in a good economy. The demographics say there's no way you can create that many jobs because we're going to have more and more people. The rate of retirement is going to be growing faster than than the rate of workforce entry because of demographics. And so, you know, at least I think the person who's going to do best, I would rather not. If I was advising most politicians, I'd say, you know what, sit this one out. Let, Let whoever come in and promise to save people. Let's have we'll have this big crisis and then you can be the FDR or the Ronald Reagan uh, or the Margaret Thatcher that comes in. And during your term, which would be the next term, 2021 to 24, the economy will turn around by then uh, uh, better with a decisive president. But even without him, I mean, the economy would have turned around regardless of Reagan. FDR walked into office at the bottom 
of the real estate market and the top of unemployment and stocks had already bottomed the year before way ahead as they're a leading indicator, he could have been asleep in office and it still would have looked like he turned around the economy. Wow. Well, you know, I'm hearing you, and and it's scary. It's really scary what we're saying here in these next four years is what you're saying. Uh, I, I want to um, I, I want to pause just a moment. I'm going to keep Harry with me for just a moment. I want to talk about the. Uh, there was an interesting piece I read recently, Harry. The end of economic growth in America. Brand and fortune. Very fascinating piece. But also, I want to talk about that and back to this Clinton Trump things. It looks like we've got a couple of cancers here. It depends how you want to uh, remove the cancer. I guess it depends. And and again, Harry's been talking about this, folks, for years. He's been saying this is coming, it's coming, it's coming, and that there really isn't, you know, once the shocks are at the door, they're sort of at the door. we got to deal with it all. Harry S. Dent Jr. Again, harrydent.com. I'll tell you more about how to get this book of his, The Demographic Cliff, on his site right when we get back after a quick pause. Be right back with you. We are back. Welcome out loud here back with Harry S. Dent Jr. HarryDent.com. You'll find his new book there, The Demographic Cliff, which you can get a free copy of. You just pay the shipping and handling, $4.95. Uh, uh, just go to the site and check it out there. Also, a newsletter he does, Economy and Markets. How often do you do that newsletter, Harry? That's the daily newsletter. We've got five different writers, including myself and my partner. Comes out five, six days a week, and and it is free. It, it's a way to get wow. to know us because we do have a different view, as you want to, as you yeah. know. And so we don't ask somebody to subscribe to our. Uh, paid newsletters until they've gotten to know us. Well, I told your team this morning an email to make sure they sign me up for this newsletter. I hope they do that then so I get in my own box and see because it sounds fascinating as hell. I knew you were going to do this a while back, but I didn't realize it was every day. Yeah, it's a lot of work, man. So, uh, again, you can get the book and the newsletter, harrydent.com, and you'll see the links in the post on America Out Loud, folks. You can get it right there after this is, uh, you hear it on radio. You'll catch it on the, uh, we'll podcast, we'll do iTunes, you, you, you know the whole drill. Uh, and we'll have a full post there of Harry on America Out Loud. So, Harry, we're calling this, I've, I've dubbed this talk we have today as the crystal ball interview. And I've been talking to you in the first segment about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, about, you know, what, what if, what if. If this one won the White House, what if this one won the White House? Now, you draw out a scenario right now, almost like, wow, like two cancers and almost like, okay, maybe they ought to sit this one out for four years as we go through this. Let me play devil's advocate a moment. Just a quick second here. Not, not, Not long, but... What if we could, is, is, and just play with me here a moment. Is there any way, Harry, is there any way that we could turn the tide at like... With this election, like this election, that we could make it happen sooner to turn some of this around in a positive way and avoid some of this pain that has gone. Is is this just a fairy tale at this point that this next president could actually do that in these next four years? Or is is it just not possible? Well, there is something you can do, and it's never really been done before. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical. It's the same thing that happens in business. I come from all business. You know, I, I consulted the Fortune 100 down to entrepreneurs. And it's called Chapter 11. When you have too much debt, the old European way was send them to the dungeons and, you know, you know, burn their colons in front of them and all this sort of stuff and make them pay over the rest of their life. Americans actually came up with the innovation and said, no, let's have Chapter 11. A company can be protected by the courts, not forever, but long enough 
to sell off their assets in, in an orderly way, restructure their company, restructure and renegotiate with their creditors, cut costs so that it doesn't just end up being a big fire sale and a big crisis. The, the Great Depression was just a giant fire sale in the economy where tons of banks went under, tons of businesses went under, 25% of people lost their jobs, but it did clean out the excess debt. It just did it very painfully. Well, that's like a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. It's better if, if politicians could actually come in and say, okay, especially a new one, somebody that's not the establishment, and come in and say, look, I didn't create this problem, but we got a huge debt problem. We got Social Security and health care, Medicaid benefit, never, ever, ever have a chance of being paid. I know I've done the pencil work on it just like I would as a good consultant. And the only way that economists make this look okay is they project we're going to grow at 5% forever with no recessions. You know, it's an absolute unreality. What we need to do is restructure this. We need to transition. And, and Germany's already starting to do this. Transition to retiring maybe, you know, uh, a year later every two years for the next 10, 20 years. We've got to retire later and pay into the system longer or we're just going to have – or the whole system's going to collapse. We have to cut certain expenses. We, we, there's certain things we got to cut. We can't cut, you know, a lot of social expenses in a difficult economy until we get to the other side. But there are waste and things we can cut now. And, and we, we can't afford to have military bases in countries like Germany and South Korea and Japan that, that are rich enough to defend themselves. Well, wait a minute. Now, Donald Trump's been talking about that to Harry. He, yeah. He's been all over that. You know that. Yeah. We just you just. And, and, when, and when the voters, real, when it gets to the point in the next few years where the voters have to realize we're going to have to make huge cuts one way or the other, but it's really about our entitlements versus our military aid all around the world, and guess what they're going to choose? You know, that's right. That's right. Harry, I want to uh, talk to you. I mentioned uh, coming into the segment here uh, when we uh, the previous segment, the end of economic growth in America. Interesting piece just a couple months back in Fortune that I had kind of kept a hold of. And I want to read this to you. The health of global economy has not been so uncertain since the end of the Great Recession. China's growth rate is slowing. Stock markets in Europe and the United States are suffering from losses and high volatility. And many analysts see the depressed price of oil as exhibit number one in the case for a coming global recession. And they're saying, it goes on to say, on the level of which we haven't seen before, which is really what you're saying, Harry, yeah? Yeah, and it's not oil. It's all all industrial commodities, uh, coal, iron ore down 80%, copper 75%, silver's down 70%, even gold, which is supposed to be a crisis hedge, has been down 40 to 50%. This is a sign of global slowing, and China has had more to do than, with that than any other country because they became the manufacturing machine and the great commodity mm -hmm. uh, recycler into manufacturing products. And as soon as, and because they've slowed down, and 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 they've been running up massive debt just to grow at six percent. Um, I still say that that yeah, we we triggered the last great financial crisis in the U.S. Europe's going to trigger this one, but it's going to be China. When China goes down and its real estate bubble and it's building condos for nobody and roads for nobody and railways for nobody and malls for nobody and offices for nobody. And believe me, they're doing this at such a rate. It, it's just I mean, it, it's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. 
So um, when when that goes down, that's going to be that's what's going to have the biggest impact on the world, and it already has because we talk about bubbles bursting. It is the industrial commodities um, and oil and energy that have already burst seventy to eighty percent, not twenty, not thirty. And stock markets and real estate are going to do similar. And Japan stock market went down eighty percent, and it's going to go down more. And its real estate still down sixty percent. You know, twenty some years, twenty six five years after it peaked in nineteen ninety one. All right. So, Harry, what I'm hearing is then uh, to recap some of the things you're saying. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but what what we're saying is this: there are some very hard decisions facing this country, facing the world. But let's talk about America right now. There are some very hard decisions to be made ahead. We're at a point now of our growth where we need to look in the mirror and be honest with ourselves. So what that's going to take is a noble president, a person, a man, woman, whoever, whatever, to come in and to be totally honest with themselves, with their advisors, and with the American people by doing exactly what you've said and laying out and say, hey, listen, this is where we are at. It's almost like a summit of, of the major proportions that we've never had before, Harry. Having great minds like you, like yours, into this great fundamental meeting where you pull in some of the best minds. Okay, listen, folks. This is where we're at, the American people. I don't want to get into the blame game. I don't want to blame the left and the right and the center and all this. I don't want to do it. But there are some problems here. The debt we've taken on now, which is in excess of $20 trillion at this time, that's what it will be. And that's just government. That's just government debt. private debt. Right. Talk about that a second. How bad is the other debt, Harry? Tell folks. We've got $67 trillion when you count private debt, mm-hmm. and then you have to add another $70 trillion in unfunded entitlements for Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare. We got like something like $130, $140 trillion. Hell, it's, Harry, it's and I thought, I thought I was doing bad. I only had $800 debt on my credit card that I'm paying right. off next month. <laughs> so it can't be that bad, right? Uh, that's a lot of debt, Harry, huh? That's a lot of debt. Man. Well, you've been saying that. All right, so the president's got to look in the mirror now. He's got to say, okay. This is the real debt. As you just pointed, it's a hell of a lot more than twenty twenty one trillion. now. We're talking, what did you say, $67 trillion? Well, that's not counting the unfunded. Yeah, that's right. Just the hard debt owned by municipalities, federal government, um, the financial sector, corporations, and, and households. All right. So you got all this debt now. And then to be honest and say, okay, you know, you got the trade situation. We know the trade deals, or a lot of them are one-sided, but this is just bad politics that have happened over time. And I agree with you. By, by scaring the hell out of everybody and ripping all those up and creating a war out there is not going to help matters out either. But all right. So we have this day of right, But real quick, I'll just give you an example, yeah. Malcolm, how simple it is. Yeah. If the Japanese are going to continue to purposely push down their currency mm-hmm. in, in measurable amounts to make their exports uh, unfairly competitive, right. then I would say, look, I'm not going to put a general tariff on you. I'm just going to put every time you push your currency down another one percent, I'm going to put I'm going to increase the tariffs of one percent on everything we buy from Harry. You. Isn't that what Trump's saying? I've yeah. heard him say that. And, and it's not a complicated thing. And, and it's not a one time statement. And what they did in the Great Depression, they just said, we're going to put 20 percent on all steel. No, literally put the tariffs just to correct currency cheating. When you push your currency down, you're cheating. Ch- China's not doing that. They're cheating in many other ways, right. <laughs> like polluting the world and not paying for it. But they're not pushing their currency down yet. They right. probably will. 
Right. You know, you hit it just there. You hit it head on. But these are a lot of things I hear coming out of Trump's campaign. I mean, I hear him saying some of these things. He he says a lot of brilliant things. And then he says you should send 11 um, million uh, illegal immigrants home. That alone would cause a a depression. Yeah, he does. I know. And And he's going to build a wall when more Mexicans are starting to leave than come in. It's too late. We should have built the wall. We can build one 20 years ago. Right, 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 right. But wait a minute. But don't you notice in the past weeks, do you notice he's sort of taught us? Did you notice he's starting to change that tune a little bit? Yeah, yeah. That's right. And he's not saying he's going to be the greatest job creator. It's smart. I, I, there, there are people that know me that have talked to his people and said, hey, you ought to listen to this guy. And right. Right. I don't it's probably just one of influences. But but he's been more saying, you know what, we got a, we got some big problems. My number one advice to anybody walking in, walk in, tell them the truth from the beginning, Amen. telling people how big of problems we have so you don't get blamed when the economy falls apart. Because it ain't going to be his fault. It's not going to be anybody's fault. Right. We already are in a mess. Right, right, right. Now, you just hit it right there. I mean, that is the best advice, Harry, the best advice you could have possibly given to the new president. All right. So with all of that said, last point, last question, Harry. And, and and tell me, based on everything we know right now, who really wins the White House come November? Who do you think takes it? Well, you know, I, I have a question mark in that because I think the economy is either going to start to crash very rapidly. I think the gov- I think the central banks are going to lose control, and we're already starting to yeah. see that. It's going to happen before November, is, Harry, is what that, you're that, saying, correct? Well, if it does, if we do crash into late this year, which is my scenario number one, and I think the most likely, mm-hmm. then that gives the advantage to Trump. If it waits until the first half of next year, it would give the advantage to, to Hillary Clinton. All numbers, I agree 100% with what you just said, but all indicators are that we are headed there now. Yes, that, that, we're, that, I agree. I, it just is Brexit. Yeah. Um, Japan finally went negative on interest rates. Instead of their, their stock market going up, it went down. Instead of the currency going down, it went up. I mean, you can only do BS so long before wow. even markets on crack start to realize you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. What an listen. You're you're 100 right, Harry S. Dent Jr. Harry, I always love love this man. I would tell listeners right now, love the advice you always have. You are just you're one of the smartest guys in this stuff I possibly know, uh, and anybody should know. And again, you should be uh, giving advice to the uh, president elect, uh, without a doubt in my mind. So, HarryDent.com, the book, the demographic cliff. And the newsletter, Economy and Markets, him and his team send out every day. Uh, the, you hear the advice, folks. He's brilliant. He always is. Uh, and I totally agree with what he's saying here with uh, this race, this election, and um, with the stakes and the damage. Guys, it's it's everything that's happened over the past years. I've been talking to this stuff with Harry for the last 10 years. Yep. And he, he's been telling me there's a cancer, Malcolm, growing. And nobody's paying a damn attention. And now they're going to have to pay attention because I hate to be politically incorrect, Harry, but the fat lady is about to sing. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we'll talk next time again. Folks, uh, again, you'll find all the links on America Out Loud. I've got everything on there with Harry. You'll see all the uh, connections and his newsletters and books and everything else. And it's easy for you to get in touch with him and get the information you need. 